uh, HD Wow June post, but in the middle of COVID. Take one. Hello, HD Wow listeners. You have punched up the June 2020 episode of HT Wow, otherwise known as High Tea with Old Waver. We are back in the friendly confines of Toby's College Station studio to bring you a hot set of revolutionary German krautrock rock jams <laughs> and some brand new crap that you've never even heard of, but you're going to love it. I promise. Uh, but before we do, just want to bring your attention to two things. Number one, we really need you to help us grow this pod. You can do that by sending a link to your friends texting them and saying, just Google HT Wow, or you can go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and uh, bang us a five-star review and write some words and tell them how much you love us. It will help us climb the iTunes rankings, uh, but we're on Spotify too. Don't forget about the Spotify, uh, but share whatever link you and your friends want to listen to most. And uh, that would really help us out a lot. And number two, uh, if you can't get enough of HTWOW, if you think that we curate only the best jams, and what do these guys play when the tape isn't rolling, but it is rolling, <laughs> then you need to listen to HTWOW After Dark because it's the drunken after party to this podcast. It's like we're in a room recording ourselves, but we don't know we're being recorded. And so it's totally off the cuff, bro. We're just like speaking our minds and we're playing crazy stuff that like the plebs that listen to the regular HTWOW just won't understand. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like for the people that are on the wavelength. So please go to <laughs> oldwaver.com and click on premium, sign up for HTWOW After Dark, or it's on Patreon. Patreon is the thing. That's the uh, the vehicle to get your premium content. Just uh, search HTWOW and you can find us and you can subscribe for as little as $5 a month. And uh, we would totally appreciate it. And we can't wait to talk to you after we're way more drunk than this. Peace. <laughs> hey, Papa, help me out with this band. I'm going crazy. Hey, Dad, play hey. that OMD record. Hey, what's that weird record you used to play with the guy that can't dance?
on Twitter and we're still in COVID times however we are back <laughs> in the comforting womb of Toby's studio how does that bed music make you feel right there man the last two I haven't been able to hear it and I felt so <laughs> naked I know. man you sound so much better than on a Zoom call. I know. Yeah, so if you are new to the pod, welcome. This is HT Wow, High Tea with Old Waver. And this is a song swap and a beer swap. And uh, the last two months, because of social distancing and COVID times, we have been apart. I have been in Dallas, and you have been here in College Station. Mm -hmm. And we have recorded over Skype. And then you put things together in post, bro. It has been an audio nightmare. But because, um, you know, it's not over. In fact, everything's spiking. But I think we're all uh, a little smarter about social distancing and taking precautions. And so we felt like this was the time to uh, bring it back to the HTWOW that people expect. That people grew to love. Yeah. Do you feel cozy? I feel real cozy. Yeah. So good. I know. It feels good. I just want to listen to this bed for a little bit. <laughs> mm. Man, that our opening track there. God. Yeah. So uh, that was Craftwork Computer Love. If you are a Ticket P1 or uh, an Orphanage P1... You also recognize that as the Hints from Heloise theme. We're not playing it because we're going to do hints on this pod. We're playing it because it's related to Toby's book report, as promised on the May pod. Yay. Right, how are you feeling about this? There's a lot of information, but I'm going to do what we normally do. I'm going to talk about some uh, 
the high points and just play the tunes. We're not, um, you know, people don't want to get too into it. If you want to go into it, look it up. Yeah. You have plenty of time during lockdown to do your own craftwork research. Yeah, there is a uh, there's a lot of YouTube um, short movies, long movies, anything that you want about craftwork, and it it um, they're all really good. I don't know when the last time have you ever sat through a um, a doc about craftwork on YouTube? No, I need to. Man, it's great. Because if you like the kind of music that we like, and if you're listening to this, you probably like the kind of music that we like. Otherwise, you would never listen to this again. Yeah, could you imagine if someone made you sit through this, if you just hated this type of... (laughs) Right? It would be a nightmare. But Kraftwerk informed and influenced pretty much everything that we like. Yeah. They and... uh, Well, you did a kind of genesis of electronic music book report a ways back. Yeah, and so we touched on it. But since the um, passing of Florian Schneider, we felt like it was the time. Yeah, so that came up on last month's pod. Florian Schneider was one of the founding members of Kraftwerk, and he passed away. You remember how old he was? 73. And so it was uh, kind of too late for us to adjust programming for the Maypod. And we needed to be in the same room for that. Yeah. So the last two, not only were they departures in format in that uh, we were not together, we were over Skype, but also there was no song swapping. I was just uh, commandeering the aux chord, and I played all six songs for the April and May pods, but we're back to a democracy. I know. You bullied I'm, your way right through that before. I am no longer an authoritarian figure <laughs> here in these trying times. Oh, man. But we did play a lot of new music, and that was good. Yes, and I do have uh, three hot new jams, brand new stuff to play for you. Good. Uh, I'm very excited. And um, another thing that is back to normal, because we were... Uh, distantly recording the last two months we were kind of on our own for beverages and we weren't necessarily drinking beer we were just drinking whatever our covid cocktail of choice was but uh, i did today before driving down here to the station i paid a visit to matt tobin and our good friends at good friend package you didn't think i was gonna get that clap in there like that did you I, I always have faith. You are uh, the finest engineer that I know. I'm telling you. I just snuck that right in. Yeah, so Good Friend Package is our beer sponsor. They are uh, in East Dallas, 1155 PV Avenue. Um, and uh, you can also check them out at socialdistancingnow.com. So I got the skinny from, from Matt today. They are about to reopen uh, the Good Friend Burger Bar to patrons to dine in like that their first day is today as a as of this recording but have people been able to like have beers on the patio no it's only been delivery and to go okay so they are now uh you know they've they've been taking their time they've been uh strategizing after uh the in texas governor abbott uh, lifted the restrictions and allowed 
restaurants to o- operate at 25% capacity at first. Now it's up to 50%. Mm. And so today, as of this recording, uh, good friend Bar and Grill Burger Extravaganza is uh, open for dine-in. But if you go to socialdistancingnow.com, you can see the menu for both Good Friend Package and Good Friend uh, Burger House. I really need to know what the name of the other business is. We got to get that going. Um, But yeah, so it actually works out that um, Good Friend Package is open for breakfast and lunch, and then uh, the other Good Friend is open for dinner. So you can see both menus on there. And uh, you can also buy merch. If you're not Dallas local and you want to support a local business, buy some merch. And uh, I just, uh, I'm, I'm really proud of those guys. And I mentioned it to uh, Matt when I saw him that uh, they've done a great job of, of pivoting during these unprecedented times. Mm-hmm. Unprecedented. And they have really uh, done a great job of keeping their employees employed and keeping their uh, neighborhood fed. And... Uh, they just, got a just chime proud of as them. well. Just proud of them. They're doing great work. Man, I. it's cozy that you're here. It's even more cozy that the cooler's here. Yes. Um, man, it feels all back to normal, even though it's not. But it's, um, you know, this is about as small as a group as we can get. That's two, right. Two people in a house. Yeah. And I mean... And a dog. We're at least four feet apart. Yeah. They have not uh, been doing the beer to go at Good Friend Package. They have not um, kept up their inventory on that side of the business mm-hmm. because it's it's just takeout and they're running it out to your car. You're right. not you're not coming in and placing an order. It's all online. So we just had to uh, make do with what was in their inventory in the cooler when I went by today. Well, and th- so we are starting out with uh, a Wasatch Brewery uh, canned beer. I think we've had a Wasatch on the pod before. It really does sound familiar. But once again, you, man, you love naked people on your beer can. <laughs> right? Well, um, the beer we're drinking is Polygamy Nitro Porter. Mm-hmm. And so it says uh, she's on nitro. Meet the sister wife of our classic brew. This nitrogenated version (laughs) is as chocolatey and easy drinking as the original, but even softer and creamier. It's okay to love them both. Get it? Because it's polygamy porter. And, you know, on top of that, Wasatch is Utah's first craft brewery. Utah Saints! Get it? Utah polygamy. Yeah, no, I get it. Do you remember the Utah Saints? I love the Utah Saints. Do you see what it says on the other side? No, what does it say? Poor like you mean it. (laughs) Do you see that? It says it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it says poor like you mean it. I thought when it said nitro that that meant it was going to have the little uh, canister in the oh, can, yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. like the old Guinness nitros. Yeah, the little ball in there or whatever uh-huh, it was in like there. They, when you shake the can, you can hear it at the bottom. Does Guinness still do that? I don't know. I think so. Mm. Have you tasted this? It's good. It's really good. Do you not like it? No, I, I'm taking my first sip now. Oh, no. I'm, I'm, dude, I'm halfway yeah, through I Yeah, d- I, don't, I don't generally pick a porter, 
but this is really easy drinking. Yeah, it's easy. Man, drink. the nitro really does make a difference. It makes it much smoother and creamier. What do you mean? What's I will agree. nitro? Well, you know, if you go to a Starbucks or if you go to a um, a bar that has a nitro tap, mm -hmm. it's uh, that there's nitrogen infused into the tap and it just, I mean, I'm speaking out of my ass, but it makes, it injects nitrogen into the liquid and so there's a, I guess, a more consistent body that the uh, it's smoother and the carbonation is a little bit different than if it was just CO2. Man, this all sounds really technical. I don't know. All the beer nerds listening are telling me to shut up because I don't know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. Which is true. Let's have them call in. It is true. But uh, we thank you for joining us for to Back to Normal, HTWOW. I know. You sound great. You sounded horrible before, by the way. It really wasn't that bad. I thought we did as good as we could. We did do as good as we the could. The last After Dark was an... <sighs> yeah, that was the main reason why we wanted to return to normal is I think everyone was tired of the house party After Dark. Man. I, did, I didn't want to make our dear patrons endure that another month. That, two, two was enough. The house party app is fun to do. Man, it sounds terrible. Yeah. Like, it was so... Um, I bet, I'm bet i pretty sure we did... I cut out as much as we could as far as, like, uh, the glitchiness. Mm -hmm. But, man, I bet that was a little hard to listen to. And your your pop plug-in. Oh my God, that thing was working overtime. <laughs> yeah, so we want to uh, tell you about the After Dark a little bit later. We will uh, tease what we're going to play later on tonight and we will also give you a sneak peek of what you missed last month's train wreck <laughs> jeez it, there were some funny bits but there were also it wasn't as good you can't put lightning in a bottle twice no that first one the was first one, insane the first one everyone was under covid alcohol poisoning yeah this last one we it, just couldn't recapture the magic. Yeah, it was like everyone just ran a 10K and was just sitting around like... What do you guys want to play? I don't care. I don't, is it your turn? I don't care. There were some funny bets. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll give you a sneak peek a little bit later and try to encourage you to become a patron. <laughs> uh, but let's go ahead and get to a jam. Jam! Um, and also, let's just get this out of the way. We're not going to spend an inordinate amount of time on the pod discussing the news of the day but let it just be said that black lives matter yeah i mean i think that there is definitely a platform to discuss all of that and maybe this is just an you know an escape but i'm glad you said that well i just i don't want to i don't want to have my blinders on and ignore what's happening. No, we don't need to ignore it. Um, and that brings me to the first thing that I want to play. Okay. Because the first thing that I want to play is kind of the soundtrack of the revolution that's happening right now. Um, I mean, watch the news. You know the demonstrations that are sweeping the country and the globe for the Black Lives Matter movement 
and uh, for the demonstrations against police brutality and systemic racism and all of that. And I hope that uh, if you're listening to this, we're all on the same page, that uh, treating humans as humans and caring for your neighbor should not be political and it shouldn't upset you if we say that we support someone else in their struggle for equality. But Run the Jewels just came out with their fourth record. RTJ4 is what it's called. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Okay. And um, it's a duo. It's uh, LP and Killer Mike. And they were planning on releasing this album later in the summer. But then when all the shit hit the fan, they decided to go ahead and release it early. Pump it out. So it came out on June 3rd. And, uh, you know, I'm not a huge Run the Jewels fan. I'm not a huge hip-hop fan. I have a cursory knowledge and... It's one of those things that there are some things that I will hear and I'll be like, oh, I like that. And most of it I tune out. But as I said, this has kind of become the soundtrack of the movement. There's a a lot in it that is relevant. And not only that, but Killer Mike is a leader among men. That he is really established himself as a voice of reason and a voice of leadership in this whole movement. And so I wanted to talk about that after we get done. And again, not belaboring it, not going to turn HTWOW into cultural commentary, but do want to play this hot jam because (laughs) it is smoking hot. So let's kick off this June HTWOW with a brand new track from... RTJ4. This is called Goonies versus ET. <laughs> Baby, if I had another chance, I would give another chance to you. Ooh. If I make another wish, I'll wish for a wish for you. For you. Hey. One, two. E-Cad, you heard of these lads. It's the myth that we made a grip, never broke dick. Truly the Cadillac, I had to contract L's on a quick. Stick them up, slick, talk of no tricks. It's the funniest shit. Finally, the money up and print on the kid, and the planet hit skits. Living in a valley of flames, like I win. Skyline of blaze, and a bomb rock pick. You don't want to acknowledge the wrong, give a shit, never nine. You can talk to me fine when I'm gone. Bad news, bearing along with big claws, trying to hold a whole lives in his paws and applaud. Swear to God damn, the whole city odd, make a bull man's heart. We got scars for hearts. Shit for eyes, baby, living in a one-chance lot So I stick to the art, oh my god, I'm ultimate Cash back, running through dead zone, hope it don't crash Tennis all, motherfuck, bring it up fast Be alone, I'm a home and I can and then dash Fuck y'all got another planet on stash Far from the fact that the flames are all trash That is not slow, it is ash You gotta know the past, gotta rap It's a lover gone mad, but I promise Baby, if I had another chance, I would give another chance to you If I make another wish, I'll wish for a wish for you. you. Put the brass on the magic lamps, damn near rub through. through. Hey. Spit wish at the wish at the wish at the wish and the chances are that none are coming true. 
it and didn't fake it. Life's a disguise, the truth is butt naked. Used to be a time I see it and I say it. Now I understand that woke folk is playing. Ain't no revolution, it's televised and digitized. You've been hypnotized to Twitterize my silly guys. Cue to the evening news, make sure you ill advised. Got you celebrating the generators of genocide. Any good deed is pummel, punish, and penalized. Rulers of the world that slice it up like a dinner pie. Race in a nation told you to identify. Didn't take false pride and warfare incentivized. Fuck that, me and my tribe, we on the ill advised. We accept the role of the villains cause we've been villainized. Stomp to the dirt of the earth, we still will arise. The don't let me alone as I soliloquize. This is life to ill, what a life to kill. This is nigga with an attitude of Beverly Hill. Heavy bill with a pocket full of trench we build. Got a fire hot temper, find it hard to chill. I'm a lifetime member, fuck that fuck shit. Me and Jamie Bershaw with a knife in the must. Bad tombstones read, they with nothing to fuck with. Please say this shit again, Mike. Nothing to fuck with. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty intense. It's a hot, hot jam. Yeah, but it's interesting. You know what I mean? The uh, the music isn't uh, boring. Yeah, that's the thing that I that has always been consistent in whatever I've heard from Run the Jewels is that uh, there is just cool stuff going on. It's not just a drum beat and a melody line and then just rapping. Mm-hmm. That there, there's a lot of changes. There's a lot of cool sounds. And if it is a sample, it's not so blatant that you just basically ripped a hit song off and shoved it in your song. Right. That put it, put a different beat over the top of it. Exactly. Yeah. So, and as I said, Killer Mike, I love, I, I love him as a personality, but I also love his voice because you know he's from Atlanta, and he just has that southern drawl in his in his rap so even when he's spitting like those rapid fire lines you can kind of still hear that twang in his voice mm -hmm. and it's just really unique and really cool yeah man i'm glad you played that we don't we don't play a lot of stuff like that, that no no and you know they they certainly cross over to white people and hipsters so this yeah, shouldn't totally. be too unpalatable for uh, our Lily White HGWOW patrons. <laughs> that is not true, Dave. We are worldwide and intro-national. But I don't know if you saw Killer Mike when he made headlines uh, across the nation right after the uh, George Floyd demonstration started and things really kicked up in Atlanta which I mentioned is where he's from, mm -hmm. that he ended up speaking alongside the mayor of Atlanta and like the chief of police in Atlanta. And he was super passionate. I just wanted to play like a minute of what he had to say. If you missed this, this was all over the news. Uh, it was played over and over again. But he's just, I mean, he's speaking from the heart. He's He's not speaking from note cards. He didn't prepare anything. He's just a really insightful, passionate guy. And check this out. So I'm duty bound to be here to simply say that it is your duty not to burn your own house down for anger with an enemy. It is your duty to fortify your own house so that you may be a house of refuge in times of organization. And now is the time to plot, plan, strategize, organize, and mobilize. 
It is time to beat up prosecutors you don't like at the voting booth. It is time to hold mayoral offices accountable, chiefs and deputy chiefs. Atlanta is not perfect, but we're a lot better than we ever were, and we're a lot better than cities are. I'm mad as hell. I woke up wanting to see the world burn down yesterday because I'm tired of seeing black men die. He casually put his knee on a human being's neck for nine minutes as he died like a zebra in the clutch of a lion's jaw. And we watch it like murder porn over and over again. So that's why children are burning to the ground. They don't know what else to do. And it is the responsibility of us to make this better. Right now, we don't want to see one officer charged. We want to see four officers prosecuted and sentenced. We don't want to see targets burning. We want to see the system that sets up for systemic racism burnt to the ground. Powerful stuff, bro. Yeah, man. He's good. Yeah, he's really good, and uh, Run the Jewels is really good. That whole record, it slaps, as the kids say. Is that a new thing? What? Slaps. I don't know. I think it's probably a, a year old, so it's probably already over. But new for us. Yeah, new for us. Do I need to start saying that? For us lame old dudes. Yeah, go ahead and start saying stuff slaps. See where it gets you. I already feel good about it. So that is Run the Jewels, and that kicks off HTWOW and ends the social commentary portion of HTWOW. Thank you for indulging me. No, that was really good. Um, I mean, what we're about to get into, we'll get into it later, but the influence of Kraftwerk on rap music in general was a huge influence. Yeah. So it kind of, it seems like it wouldn't tie together, but it totally does. Yeah, they were the first uh, band that was sampled mm -hmm. most often. Yeah, African Bombada. You know what, should I have queued that up? Should I have that ready? The, the Africa Bombada song? Yeah, did we, have we played that recently or we just talked about it? I don't, I don't know. Maybe we'll do that for After Dark. I mean, I've got the cord. Do you want me to pull it up real quick? No, we'll do that. I mean, because we gotta. We, there's a ways to go. That's not until. Okay. Uh, Here, I'm gonna give this to you. By the way, we're gonna we're starting off in the 70s, Whoops. Dave. It's it's interesting. I know we we touched on the the wealth of craftwork biographies, um, docs, docs online. Yeah, I mean, dude, there are so many... Because let's face it, they influenced everyone. Everything we're doing. Our bad music right now. Think, about, I mean, the, this it would not exist without craft. Right. But it's interesting how they started because they came up in post-World War II Germany and that very much influenced their style of music because after the whole Nazi business. Mm -hmm. Well, there the, was a whole thing, the doc that I watched the other night, it's, it's like an hour and a half, I mean, it's a long doc, but it starts off with basically, I mean, Florian Snyder was born in 1947, so think about that. Yeah. So when he comes to an age that he wants to start doing things, he doesn't 
you know, they're, they're wondering about their parents and grandparents. Like, what were y'all like? What side were y'all? Like, were y'all bad people or good people? Like, they're really having to worry about people in their own country, and they're wanting to get out and see other things. So a lot of young German people are traveling as much as they can. So that kind of starts off a whole new thing, and they want to invent brand new things. And when you see on the documentary, one of the guys uh, that joins the band later says that they admit that they, you know, the music that they're listening to, they weren't they weren't born in England, and they're not from the Mississippi Delta, so they don't they need to invent new things. Yeah, that what they, the way they interpreted popular music and the way rock music was headed was to take a more reserved and structured approach. Right, and which is so German. Yeah. <laughs> but, so of course, you know, while they're growing up, guess where they met, Dave? When uh, Florian Schneider meets Rolf Huta, guess where they meet? Um, at Oktoberfest. No, where do all bands meet? At, at art school. At art school. God, did we just miss something? Should we? Where, Where is art school in Bedford? <laughs> How did I miss that? I'm telling you. If you want to start a band, first of all, never leave school, because the, all the good bands start in universities. Is that right? Mm-hmm. But man, go to art school. That is the, the place. But um, So they meet each other, and this is the late 60s, and... Uh, uh, you know, when you see that old footage, and I sent you that stuff of really, really early craft work, um, and they're playing flutes. Yeah. Like, uh, that was Florian's thing, because, you know, they're all classically trained, and back then, if you were going to call yourself a musician, you had to know some stuff. So they're sitting around with long, and they kind of looked hippie, didn't you? Th- yeah, they, yeah. They, had, they had the long hair. Yeah. And the, the one... I guess famous concert that was uh, on German TV. It's all in black and white. Yeah. And all of the German kids are sitting on on their uh, on the floor like Indian style. It looked pretty packed. It, yeah, it was totally packed, but they're all like hippies and beatniks and they're just watching the most bizarre atonal droning concert right it's like they know that they're supposed to be there because it's cool but it's um i'm not gonna say it's a tough listen but it's very experimental yeah it's it's, a lot of flutes through tape machines and echoes and it's weird as hell but it's a challenging listen you know so when they first start off they are uh this is pretty cool. They when they first start going, well, his first band was uh, called Piss Off, Florian's first band, which I think is kind of funny because I think throughout the whole thing, which a lot of people don't give Kraftwerk and Florian Snyder and Hoot, Fla- Rolf Hooter credit for, is they think that it's just totally serious and robotic and all that, but their whole thing has a hint of humor tied to it the whole time. You know what I mean? Like everyone thinks Morrissey is just pissed all the time if they can't see the humor in a lot of those lyrics you're crazy right Mm -hmm. so uh when they first start going when they start the band called the organization and then they start playing with a bunch of different people 
two of the people they first started playing with, and I think that we mentioned this on the history of electronic music, was, and I want to get the names right, so I'm looking it up here. Hold on. Michael Rother and Klaus Dinga. <laughs> Klaus Dinga. They ended up leaving the band. Uh, they played together from like 1970 to 1974. Uh, actually, I don't even know that long. Maybe like just two years in there. But they they formed Noi. Oh, okay. Are new. I still am not sure. How, well, I've always said Noi. What have you heard? I've always heard Noi, but I don't know anything. But around that time, uh, a lot of these dudes think I love it when you start off as brand new and you're all so young, and then the split offs all are become famous too. Mm -hmm. Like, all these people were in the same room as their first bands doing cool stuff. So that must have been just awesome. But then later on, it, it is just, and Kraftwerk is Florian and Rolf for many, many years. And then even at the end of Kraftwerk, when they, even when they get the other guys involved with writing, which does help a, a lot, it's still their band. Kraftwerk is those two. Mm -hmm. Like all the concepts and how they end up looking and everything. Yeah, the the matching outfits, all all of the the craftwork branding that came to light in the late seventies was just pure genius. It was genius, and they don't start that till later. So their first couple of records, you know, which is so German, the first one's called Craftwork, and the second one's called Craftwork Two, which it's kind of Zeppelin of them. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people did that back then. But um, it's also an awesome name, just like the organization Craftwork. Do you know what Craftwork means? No. It means um, power station or power plant. Okay. So that makes sense. Yeah. Right? But it looks awesome. So they're already with, starting off as like... With the, the K in craft and the E in work. Mm -hmm. it, just, it, it tells you everything you need to know before you even hear one note right and while so many bands are you know those first two records are mainly instrumental and no one's saying anything you know they're they're cool to listen to i would suggest to go check them out but you know we're not getting into that because i would even say uh of the first four records when this guy connie plank i think is uh might as well be the third member of the band he's the producer mm -hmm. they get to the record Audubon. And Audubon, as far as uh, Rolf and um, Florian are concerned, is the start of Kraftwerk. They don't consider those other records. Like, they, they start changing their look. They've been playing in France a lot. They also... Um, they're accepted in Germany a lot because a lot of German bands just want to do all of their songs in English. And Kraftwerk is kind of embracing the early 30s Germany look. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so they kick off with Audubon. And I should play Audubon right here, but we've played that before. We played it on it. Well, we played a radio edit on an After Dark. Yes. But the full version is what, 22 minutes? It's 22 minutes. And you do need to, it starts off with a car engine starting. And you'd have to kind of sit in for this. And it's there when they first start charting in even America and all over the world. This That's the start. 
Yeah, it, it's it's more of a soundscape than a song. Yeah. Th- that that it's kind of taking you on a journey driving on the autobahn. But it's the first time all of these instruments are being used, and there are still. A, it's not completely all drum machine synthesizers at this point, but they're. It's that, those are the sounds you recognize, and so that's what's freaking everyone out, right? By the way, before mm-hmm. before you introduce the first song that you're going to play, talk mm-hmm. about symmetry, the uh, electronic HTWOW episode. Yes. June 2019, exactly one year ago. You're kidding me. So if after this pod, you want to go back and listen to (laughs) us discuss the origins and development of electronic music. Uh Uh-huh, because popcorn's in that. Yeah. Right? Yep. So go back and uh, have a listen to that. We played Depeche Mode. We played that popcorn song that you Uh referenced. We played New Order. Thomas Dolby, Pet Shop Boys, and Daft Punk. And we'll be playing in the After Dark, I'm guessing, a lot of Craftwork, uh, Craftwork influenced music. Tonight? Don't you think? I would think. That's well, what you should do. I, do. I do have bonus cuts of everything that I'm playing. Although, I guess a couple of the things I'm going to play definitely owe a debt to Craftwork. So. Yeah, and we'll get into all the 80 stuff later. Of what it really, it influenced the whole movement of you would think that four German dudes would never influence. So we're skipping over Autobahn. We're skipping over Autobahn, even though that is the start of Kraftwerk. And if you're going to listen to it, if you're going to listen to Kraftwerk, just start with Autobahn, right? Isn't that what you would say? Yeah, just. It's so just great. Just strap in for the journey. Just don't. Don't expect to be constantly engaged and amazed you need to really relax and let it wash over you when you think about them influencing people and people think about how much david bowie influenced people these guys influenced david bowie Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so and that's what we're getting into next is the Trans Europe Express is what everyone thinks. There's a lot of people that think that this is their best thing that they've ever done. I love it. I can't tell because I think that over the years with synthesizers and things like that, it's hard to, you know, when you get new equipment, new things come up. and So you can't really say that. But I see what they're doing here. And they're basically, they were into concept albums a lot. So this is kind of when they would go back and forth to France all the time and how they when they got into bicycling and all the, well, which we'll get into later. Right. But this is basically about the train when you see the uh, cover art and you and this is when they're getting their look. They're uh, super clean. Everyone are hippies around this time and they're super clean businessmen with their suits. And they haven't gone to the straight robot thing yet, but they are looking like, uh, you know, Heaven 17's first records. Yeah. You know, they look like businessmen or scientists. Right. But with, but with the skinny tie. Yeah. Uh, just a, a little bit of a mod twist on it. Yeah. And they look awesome and no one has ever seen anything like this. And uh, the cool art deco writing on the album cover, it's cool. That band Mirrors took, remember they took, basically stole this Mm -hmm. cover which is 
They're not denying it, of course. They did it on purpose. So Autobahn was 74. Mm-hmm. Radioactivity was 75. And that was radioactivity. Autobahn is their first hit. Radioactivity, everyone considers um, a, a huge record now, especially because of the synth. They, that's when they go almost pure synth. Uh, but it was almost considered a flop after Autobahn, even though it's not. And then 77 is Trans Europe Express. And this is when, this is the the big record, when they really start kicking it down. So are you going to play the title track? I think I should, because it's the start, you know, they, they go to a train track, they listen to it. Uh, the doc I saw the other day... Um, this is also when they're, the four pieces in full effect. It's not just Rolf and uh, Florian anymore. Now they have Wolfgang and Carl. <laughs> but let's play Trans Europe Express. I will have to say you need to sink in a little bit here. Yeah, we debated whether or not we needed to play the radio edit. But I think that we just need to hear the album version to give people the truest look. And if you... It's six and a half minutes. Yeah, if you get worn out after three minutes, which is what the radio edit is, then just fast forward. Yeah. But, but, the, but the rest of us mature adults will listen to the whole thing. <laughs> it's cool to play the whole thing, right? Yeah, that's what we're here for. We're not going to make you sit through 22 minutes of Autobahn so you can sit through six and a half minutes, six and a half minutes of, of Trans-Europe Express. Yeah. But this is a good start off if you're if you haven't got into craft work but you want to see the influences. This is a good one. I can't wait. All right, here we go.
That's it, um, but you hear the you heard the David Bowie Iggy Pop reference uh-huh. in there, right? Because uh, you know this is around the time he's going and starting his Berlin recordings, the trilogy, those three records that become, which are my favorite Bowie records. But um, and I think that Bowie on one of his singles uh, on Heroes or something like that has something on one side that's called a uh, Schneider V two. Or maybe it's Florian V2. I forget what it is, but he references Florian Schneider. Um, I mean, how cool is that to influence Bowie? Yeah. On all of his records. But, you know, and we take it for granted those, you know, the the long song with the, uh, this is before DJs and before they start doing all that, which they catch up on this a little later. Um, but it's that droney, don't know. Don't know with that beat behind it, and people start using that later on. And then, and we've mentioned him before. And I was gonna, if I haven't done it already, which I can't remember, but uh, Giorgio Moroda, yeah, he, no, you haven't done that yet. Uh, we've mentioned him because yes. of all the Donna Summer stuff and, and Daft Punk and all that stuff that comes up later on around this time. Uh, she starts recording in uh, Germany, in Munich, I think. And uh, because of all these influences, disco starts, and it's a whole thing. And craft work begins all that. And then later on, we'll get into the. Uh, I don't know if you know who, if you remember who DJ Rusty Egan is. Mm-mm. Have you heard that name? No. They had there was the the Blitz Club in the early '80s, and it was anything that was synth, any brand new synth, anything 
was all played at the at that club, and so it starts a whole new movement. Where was that club? London, I think. Okay, the seventies, such an incredible decade for music. Just, Could you imagine just, being in Germany in the seventies? That must have been a, the weirdest. I mean, even in Berlin, where half of it is you know occupied, and the whole thing, it just had to be weird as hell. But just thinking about rock and roll as a whole, rock music as a whole, mm-hmm. and we think Zeppelin and Aerosmith, and, right? You know, but obviously the '60s from 1960 to 1969—it's almost unrecognizable the right. change that happened in that decade. But then once you get into the '70s, then it just splinters wildly and you have all of these different offshoots mm-hmm. of the foundation of rock music. Right. And there's all these new instruments. Like they're creating a lot of their own instruments, but you you heard that string sound the that sounded like an old 30s like uh like a terrible gramophone recording of a string sound. Mm-hmm. So they end up being at some music fair uh, somewhere in Germany, and by this orchestron, I think it was called, and and it was sort of like a mellotron, but mellotrons only they're tape loops, right? So when you hold down the key, uh, mellotrons, uh, if you listen to Strawberry Fields or anything like that, they only can last like ten seconds, where these are little discs and they keep going. So they bought this on the spot and then went and started doing these records with these this new stuff and so that's it's it's why i always think it's the i don't know it's hard for people to do new stuff now now we have computers and and when computers came out to be recording tools some new things came out but as far as sounds there aren't really new instruments being made right Mm -hmm. but think of how wild the mid-70s were when people started to be able, you know, when Depeche Mode and Essex or whatever can start to afford their first keyboard. How crazy that was. Yeah. And Kraftwerk started all of it, so good for them. And there's a Texas tie-in, too, that I'll get into later. Texas Instruments. That's right, mister. (laughs) Texas Instruments. They were obsessed with Texas Instruments. That's awesome. That's the, are you referencing the pocket calculator song? That whole record, uh, because of that stupid little thing that Texas Instruments put out that made those voices mm-hmm. on that calculator, they thought it was the coolest thing ever, you know. So, Kraftwerks not only their hip hop tie in, but their Texas tie in. Well, I, I do want to take a little bit of a detour. And talk about all of the music that Kraftwerk inspired that I had the opportunity to play on Ticket 80's Prom. I would like to backsell that for a moment if I could. Man, that thing went well. Did they save all that? Can you go back and listen to that? Yeah, well, the Unticket did. Oh, perfect. Yeah, so if, uh, and for those who don't know, for those who don't live in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex or aren't P1s, I had this idea because of COVID times, lockdown, 
that the class of 2020, not only did they lose out on their graduation ceremony, everything had to be like by car or, you know, whatever weird setup they were able to determine uh, for their graduation ceremony, but they didn't get to go to prom. Mm -hmm. And so in an effort to try and shoehorn myself onto the airwaves on the ticket, 96.7 and 13.10 in Dallas, Fort Worth, um, I concocted this themed show that happened on a Friday night the last Friday of May, mm-hmm. and it was Ticket 80's Prom, and pretty much everybody who is on the air, with the exception of the youngster Jake, all of the hosts went to high school in the 80s, as did we, and so it made sense as a theme show, but I tried to make it inclusive, tried to make it appealing to people born before or after that generation. Well, the 80s are uh, for the kids. It's um, it's throwback. It is definitely throwback. It's like us, um, you know, listening to the Beatles or 60s music for us, you know. it. it um, they grew up listening to this in the car with their folks. Yeah. So this isn't... It, it's, it's timeless. It's pop culture, uh, inescapable music. And I tried to keep it... I played a few deep cuts, but I tried to um, play the hits. I, I tried to play the hits, but I also tried to throw some curveballs or play some things that maybe were a hit, but you didn't remember. And uh, it was so much fun, and I had such great feedback. Man, uh, people absolutely loved it. Yeah. If you go to uh, the Twitter machine and just punch in hashtag ticket 80s prom you can see all of the awesome pictures <laughs> that that people tweeted uh including several of the hosts uh dan mcdowell and jake and donnie um of their uh their tuxes and their dates for their prom when they were in high school and uh and like i said the the unticket the unsung hero of the ticket their uh their ticket fans that do the archiving they do all the hard work for the ticket and so if you go to the unticket.com and uh just search ticket 80s prom or search davy you can uh, pull it up and i will add that link to oldwaver.com on this episode's uh page on oldwaver.com but i just wanted to back sell that because i was so proud of the way it came off and the uh, the impact that it had because unbeknownst to me, the world spiraled out of control that week. Yeah. That it was the Friday after the George Floyd murder. And it was in the middle of all of the riots and demonstrations across the country. And I wasn't, I didn't have the TV on. I didn't, I wasn't watching the news this was on a Friday night from 9 p.m. and I finished up at two. Yeah, I did five full hours, which is great for me because we were—I was coming from the Deep Blue show. Yeah, and I want to talk about that later. But um, it was cool. I'm I'm glad I got to listen to a ton of it live, uh, and you just kept going. Yeah, so it was awesome because I had I had a full uh, playlist of selects. You know, I the the weeks leading up to it, I was 
earmarking songs that I wanted to play. And at the end of the night, you're not going to run out. No. I mean, I, I had another hundred songs that I could have played. <laughs> you know, I mapped out the first hour, and then after that, I was kind of just freeform. What was the kickoff? What was the number? Because, you know, I wasn't there at the beginning. We uh, the very the very first song was Tears for Fears Shout. Oh, that's great. Because I, I thought it was a, a cathartic moment. Did you do the 12-inch, or did you do the... Um, no, I think it was the album version, Just but it was, it was the, it was yeah. the long version. Okay. Yeah. And then I followed that up with the, the long album version of Prince's 1999. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was great fun, had, uh, tons of great response. And, um, it actually, in spite of everything that was happening in the news, it was trending number one on Twitter in DFW that evening. And it even poked its head on the national trends so uh, any p1s and of course all of the ticket regulars that participated just want to say thank you and uh i i hope that this will be the start of something more that uh i i have many ideas of how to uh take what i've learned from ticket 80s prom and what i've learned from ht wow and putting them in a blender and, and creating content for Ticket P1. So we'll see if that leads to anything in the long term. But I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you. And for those HTWOW fans that have no idea of anything about the ticket, please go to oldwaver.com and uh, click on the June 2020 uh, post. And I will post the link to uh, the audio. They cut out all the commercials. So oh, they, that's cool. They cut the five hours down to like three. That's great. And uh, it's it's just nonstop Techno hit hit makers pop. hit makers. Can you uh, can you do me a favor? Sure. Uh, and this is just for the uh, non Dallas listeners. You should maybe explain the or give us a definition of what P one means because we do say that a lot. Yes. And, it, and I don't. I think that people go, what is a, what is a P1? Right. Well, it's a, it's an, Arbitron is the Nielsen of, of radio. Uh -huh. Arbit Arbitron does the ratings for radio stations. And Arbitron uses the term P1 to say that if you are the P1 of a station, that you listen to that station to the exclusion of all others that you when you're listening to the radio you only listen to that station oh that's funny do you want to know what i thought it was I, there was program one when you have on your car there are your program presets and it's p1 it, it could be related to that as well but they have p1 p2 p3 so p1 you're devoted to okay, just, see, just one station P2, you spend the majority of the time with that station, but you listen to other stations. Is that what they're referencing, though, when they when they talk about it? Is yeah, that Ryan's, it? Mike Reiner was the one who brought it to the air. Okay. Be right. Because, as I said, it was an industry term, much like Letterman back in the 80s pulled back the curtain on NBC. Uh -huh. Ryan's was very much interested in pulling back the curtain on the inner workings of radio and ticket management and... All of that, and so that's the, yeah, that's how it came to be. So, okay, that's good to know. Yeah, I I thought it was something else. Well, or sort of the same thing. It, you weren't you weren't totally wrong. You were just kind of wrong. 
I'm never completely no. wrong. Um, you your Toby. I know. Well, what are we doing next? Are we opening another beer? Are we? Are you hitting well, the other I, tune first? I am about to hit you with another tune. I did uh, open a a second polygamy porter, which um, they're tasty. I think you're taking a break. I'm, I'm, I've gone back it's to a little a, too heavy for you to a Corona. It was it actually wasn't it really wasn't that heavy, but um, well, we'll switch up the beers. I like to I like to palate cleanse before the next yeah, beer. We'll we'll switch up the beers after this next tune. Um, but my next tune is, um, I mean, I guess you could say that this particular song, not the artist, but this particular song owes a debt to Kraftwerk because it is a very synthy tune. And this guy is not necessarily known for synthy jams. Uh, the guy is, uh, a friend of HT wow. Okay. And a guy that we have played on the show before. His name is Sandra Lurka. Oh, I say Lurke. Lurke? Sandra Lurke? I say Lurke? Sandra Lurke. I don't know if that's right. I don't know. I mean, we're, like we're, we're not close enough friends to know how to pronounce his Mm-mm. name. Mm-mm. But uh, Were you at the um, Gypsy Tea Room show? No. I've never seen him live. It was good. He did a Dada show not too long ago that I really wanted to go to and I did not go to. Mm-hmm. But he just put out a uh, brand new record. I don't know if you knew this. No, I didn't. I haven't heard from him in years. It is so, so good. So his last um, full-length release was 2017. The album was called Pleasure. But uh, this month, here in June 2020, he just put out his 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, well... He cranks them out. Hold on, hold on. I'm not going to count soundtracks or the uh, deconstructed version of Pleasure. So let me count again. Hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth. This is his eighth by my unofficial count. His eighth full-length record. He's real good. He is a Norwegian dude. He has spent the last decade uh, plus living in Brooklyn, but uh, I guess he broke up with his uh, significant other, his girlfriend, and decided to move to L.A. So he currently lives in L.A. That seems to be a trend of the Brooklyn peoples. However, this record was recorded almost entirely in his home country of Norway. And there's an interesting story about this tune uh, that I want to get into after we play it. But... I just want to say that this record, Patience, is by far my favorite thing that he's ever done. Really? Even compared to that first one? Yes. Faces Down was his first one. Came out in 2002 in the U.S. When's the last time you had a revisit on that? Uh, Probably the last time you played something off of it on the After Dark or something. I think we had a full. That was one of my. You might have missed this. That was. Yeah. That might have been our first two episodes. And then uh, 2004 Two Way Monologue. Mm -hmm. I mean, both of those records are great. But I'm here to tell you that this Patience record is so good, and it really was difficult for me to decide what to play on the regular pod. Because there are a half a dozen songs that I could have chosen. 
I I think I'm going to probably play a double shot on the After Dark. Double be shot. Because there's just so much gold on this record. Jalapeno pet. It kind of uh, spans all of his styles. He's He likes to do the pop numbers. He likes to do kind of the chamber pop. He likes to do the singer-songwritery thing. And he's got some electronic uh, flavor on this album as well. And I love it all. And so let's listen to this outstanding and very personal jam from Sandra Lurka. Or what did you say? Did I say it the way you say it? I say Sandra Lurke. Sandra Lurke. Sandra Lurke. Maybe if we ever see him, we'll ask him. I have How no, do you pronounce I, I, your I, name, I'm, bro? I'm not digging in on that because I'm not sure. So this song is entitled, That's All There Is. And it's brand new on HTWOW. That's all there is A stream of captures That look you wore The sunset backwards Your lips and mine Our faces back with Catching up is everything 
Man, he's got a sound. Yeah. That sounds like Sandre Lerke. Uh, he, um, did I, um, do you remember my story of how we found out about him? No. Um, we had that middle studio. Remember the second one that was on Ross right by downtown Dallas? The bigger one that had the... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the yeah. giant place. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jeff Whittington, we were doing a lot of 100 Inevitable stuff around that time, and he was working for a KERA. And I think it might have been an Astral Works um, compilation. Yeah. Sounds like he would have been on that, right? Yeah, I believe... I his think Kraftwerk at once on their later records was were on Astrowork as well. I want to say it was on that, but he found uh, that compilation in a bin, like in a trash bin, <laughs> and uh, picked it up. And uh, we found like three bands from that uh, compilation that we were like, "Dude, these are awesome!" And then we really got in the Sandre Lurke song. I forget which one was on it, but we thought it was amazing. And so we got the whole record, and we're like. Dude, this kid, because at that time he was like 17 or something. Yeah, he's only 37 now, so he's he's been around since... I mean, he was a, like kind of a child prodigy. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, we we're like, man, this dude, he's going to be huge, you know. Uh, and then we see him at Gypsy Tea Room and stuff like that later, and no one knows who he is, and we're like, how is this guy not, you know. He seems to be doing well, I guess, if he's doing soundtracks and doing all kinds of stuff, but... Um, I would have thought at this point he would be a uh, much more of a household name. Yeah, and it's funny. I mean, we don't even know how to say it. I know. Well, it's funny. The The title track, Patience, it's the first track on the album, and that's one of the tracks that I will play on the After Dark. He has this spoken word section towards the end, and it's all. it's basically that. It's talking about running into fans after shows and somebody saying to him i can't believe nobody knows who you are yeah <laughs> it's amazing it's i think i met him at gypsy tea room and i was kind of like yeah man uh i can't believe you're just standing here in the crowd and no one knows who you are it's it was it's weird yeah he has a, a very cynical view on stardom in the music industry as you might expect yeah I thought this was interesting just in the genesis of this song. And um, I think it was, was it two months ago we played the Washed Out Jam on the pod? Yeah, it was either. It was, I think it was the April pod. Okay. But the that Washed Out Jam, because of COVID times, they had to kind of crowdsource their video. Mm-hmm. And had people send in vacation photos that they stitched all together. Well, Sandre Lurke, I'm going to adopt your pronunciation. Did God, I say it? I, that's how I've always said it, but let's go with it, even though it's probably How wrong. about we just call him SL? <laughs> it's got to be Sandre Lurke, right? He's from I Norway. Don't know. I don't know. But anyway, he uh, had people send in pictures of, of themselves as kids. Cool. And, and so the whole video is just all of these family memories. It's really, really cool and touching. And he talks about the genesis of this song. And he says, I, I rarely write songs in the studio. 
But this was an exception. It happened at the very end of recording Patience. Um, he said uh, that he and his producer were tweaking another song, and then he wrote this melody, and they recorded the basic track on guitar. Then they transferred his guitar to MIDI and turned it into the synth sound. Mm -hmm. And then that inspired him. And because he was recording in Norway, he says, when I record at home, I always stay with my mom, so I sleep in my old room. And so he was writing the words to the song in the middle of the night, and he was thinking about a friend of his, uh, a director who had died accidentally and suddenly. And so he was going and looking through his phone, looking for photos of his friend. And then he started thinking about how people that phones have, have gotten this negative connotation in our culture because the government's tracking you because uh, every whatever, yeah. because everyone is looking at their phones and not paying attention to the people around them. But he says, I feel that phones get a bad rep. So this song is sort of a tribute to the fact that we can all walk around with thousands of images of our loved ones at all times. And that those collections of moments represent what gives life meaning. That's all there is, is the experiences that we share with the people that we love. It's amazing. Yeah. Pretty cool. Anyway, I, I wanted to play that for you because I know he has a soft spot in your heart. Mm -hmm. And even though we, or at, least, still or, at least, or at least I don't know how to pronounce his name, we, we want everyone else to figure out how to pronounce his name and download his record. I'm, I'm just glad that he's still around and still able to do stuff. You know, in this day and age where you hit that kind of uh, weird um, status of you're, you're known, but you're not... You know what I mean. There, yeah, there you are, a, you're a career musician. You are able to make a living making music. You, but you have maybe already reached the peak of your popularity. And he's still in studios in Brooklyn and doing things. Yeah. That's awesome. And now he's in L.A. Good. And, um, and hopefully uh, once COVID's over, he'll play Dada again and we can whip his ass and find out how to pronounce his name. Yeah, and be like, how, how do you say it, man? <laughs> Bro. Hey. <laughs> um... Are you ready for beer number two? I'm ready for beer number two, and I'm ready for some more craft work. Yeah. Bro. Let me chug the rest of this polygamy porter. Hold on. Oh, God. You know, my, my wife is extremely impressed with my ability to slam the end of a beer. Yeah, um... Man, when I was a kid, the thought of chugging a beer, like, you know. Just opening your throat and letting it Grabbing a genuine draft and 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 have that thing go all the way down, no. No. But boy, there you do but hit. But yeah, that was, that was a half a pint, and I just threw it down. You definitely do hit a time in your life where uh, all the taste buds are gone. <laughs> There's some cold ones at the bottom. Um, Our listeners have missed this sound so much. I know, it's right there. You're not going to slam that ready? top, are you? Are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah. Reverb. <laughs> Boom. Here you go. Oh, thanks, Maria. Golly. 
So this is another uh, brewery that we have had on the pod before. I think I got the order wrong because... Jesus. The Polygamy Porter was 6%. Usually we drink the stronger beer first. Yeah, you're stepping it up, Chief. Uh, but our second beer, thank you, good friend package, Yay. is from Oak Highlands Brewery. It's entitled DF Dub, and it is 7.1. Goodness gracious. It has a, uh, a traffic cone on it. It does, uh, it does fit in with our Kraftwerk theme because the style of this beer is a Dunkelweizen. First two uh, Kraftwerk records, Kraftwerk 1 and 2, I think the artwork was a traffic cone. Am I wrong about that? I think I'm almost positive. Dunkelweizens are the brunette siblings of Bavarian Hefeweizens. Dark. Well, and, they, and they went with that Russian propaganda look, too. On the, uh, Do you see that on the DF Dub? Uh-huh. That's <laughs> good. Dark, complex, and slightly cloudy. DF Dub starts with banana and cloves um, and uh, finishes crisp and clean. Sorry. Really fine white type on a colored background. Always bad for my old man eyes. How is this treating you, bro? It's taking a second, I'll be honest with you. Um, it's got a bite to it. Mm. Yeah, I thought they were crazy. Talking about banana and clove, but... Boy, I'll be damned. It, it's in there. It's like there's a banana peel muddled at the bottom of the glass. It really is. There's <laughs> some stuff going on there. One of those stringy pulp things caught on your lip. German Dunkelbeisen. But now we have a, uh, a proper German beer to listen to more German electronica. We do. You get used to it. That'll stick with you. Mm-hmm. That will stick with you. You got to drink the whole thing. You don't have to drink a second one, but you got to drink the whole thing, bro. All right, so we have... We've skipped over Audubon. Mm-hmm. We've played Trans Europe, Europe Express. Express. Um, so now... Um, We're on to the man machine. This is also around the time... Uh, that you know around the 70s and even big band a lot of bands they put out records you know what i mean like records are going mm -hmm. you don't wait like a year you go back and you record another record right record company demands it i would love to see the record company demanding something to craft <laughs> like that meeting how that went down but now we are on the man machine yeah, so Trans Europe Express was 77, The Man Machine 78, and as you mentioned, yeah. the, the look, the branding, if you think about Kraftwerk visually, the cover of Man Machine is what you think of, because they've got their, their pasty white skin. This is when they're becoming... They're robots. They're slicked back dark hair. Yeah, looking like androids. They're pink lips. 
their red shirts, their skinny black ties, and their gray slacks. This is where a lot of the early English bands, synth bands, and a lot of not just the music influence, they're they're taking this. Like even Joy Division has a thing, uh, you know, even the look of a lot of their uh, artwork and just factory records, you know what I mean? Yeah. A, a lot of things come from the look of Man Machine. And this is when they have decided they're even getting further away from wanting to be considered real people. Right. And kind of uh, Gary Newman took that to the next level. Yeah, and because he was he wore the pancake makeup. He wanted to look mm-hmm. like he was animatronic. He had the skinny tie. He, but uh, but he but he took the Kraftwerk formula and made it more pop. Yeah. Whereas even in the the doc I saw the other day, there's even a little kind of backlash on the Gary Newman thing. Whereas they're saying like bands like the Human League and. Depeche Mode took things to a different level. Some people thought Gary Newman might have been copying a little too much. I don't think so. No. I I think Gary Newman was making these pop songs out of this style of music, and he came from a punk background, and... I think he he definitely borrowed a page from their marketing playbook. He definitely did, and so did a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, they all took this stuff. Gary Newman just was the first famous one. So I think that there was a little bit of... Gary Newman became more famous than Kraftwerk, is what happened. Mm-hmm. And I think that there might have been a little pushback there. Whereas the rest of them, for a long while, were all on the same level. Gary Newman was famous and had the very first keyboard super, not disco, but synth, pop, hit song with cars Mm -hmm. he took it to a completely other level and so i don't really think that he is he took influences obviously tons of them but so did the rest of them he just did it a bit earlier and better right yes um i agree with you yeah um but so at this point um the Donna Summer thing's going on. Disco is going on. Dance clubs are happening. They're making their... This is when a lot of like super hard Kraftwerk fans are thinking that Man Machine isn't what Kraftwerk is anymore because it's not necessarily a concept record like their other ones. But I kind of think it is. It's. I mean, Robots is the first song on it, and they're all robots. And there's a thing called Space Lab and Metropolis. You know what I mean? There, it is a concept record. It just none of the songs aren't 50 minutes long. Anymore. Right. And there's only six songs on the record. Yeah, and you have to. They know at this point. Let's let's have a verse and a you know let's do some stuff here and make some songs. However, there there is a thing on their biggest hit from their from this record, and maybe their biggest hit of all time that they themselves had a complaint about and could not understand ever why it worked. And so I want to see if you catch it by the end of it. Okay. Can I give you a little a quiz there, Dave, while you're listening to this? So I have to pay extra attention, you have to, and then you're going to quiz me after. Afterwards, I want you to tell me what's missing from the song. Okay. But it is by far, even to this day, it was re-released three different times and went to... I think it won 
like years and years later it went to number one again in england it's just one of these songs that just keeps resurfacing it's a huge song for them and it's called the model and it's creepy but it's good right <laughs> it's sort of creepy but they're all robots finally and they're not real human beings anymore do you want to listen to it i can't wait the model I by
am prepared with my answer. What's your answer, Dave? That song does not have a chorus. <laughs> it doesn't have a chorus. And so when they had it, um, they definitely thought, and like any band, you never think that your biggest hit is going to be your hit. They thought this was just easily a throwaway tune because it doesn't have a chorus. They never, ever, it, it doesn't even have a pre-chorus. It has nothing. The guy just is explaining some stuff, and uh-huh. they just play some stuff around it. But it is easily their biggest. You just break out a camera, and she'll do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that they're mainly talking about, because they're at this point, you know, they're robots. They're talking about mannequins. So they're talking about things in windows. Okay. Um, when you start to really listen to it. Um, but it... Uh, it's super cool, but this is the thing that when I was talking about the Blitz Club earlier, Rusty Egan. Mm-hmm. And so when they have their synth night, our electronic music night at these clubs, people are just packing this place because it is what they want to hear. So it's Soft Cell and Human League and Depeche Mode and all these bands that are cranking out as many tunes as they can because they don't even have enough music to play on dance night or synth night. You know yeah. what I mean? You don't, they don't you, want it you, to be disco. Yeah, they want you it don't to have be... uh, 30 years of synth pop to choose from. Right. You, you only have what's brand new. What's brand new. And so they're playing anything they can get their hands on. But what the English synth bands are doing and what Kraftwerk starts seeing is... English bands are using their Beatles influence and songwriting influence and American music uh, as far as melodies on top of synth music and using synthesizers to make full-on pop songs, Mm -hmm. standard pop songs, which was never really done before. So now they're kind of like, oh, crap. You know what I mean? They're trying to figure this out at this point. Um, and later on, you know, they have a couple of little pop numbers and all that, but I think at this point, all the influences of how to do this has been taken from them, but, I mean, how can you compete with that, of where you're getting really full-on singers singing over... Right, they're never going to belt out a song. It's not going to happen like that. The trends of electronic music pass them by. They because were they were the foundation. They were ahead of the game, ten years ahead of everything for the entire time, and they now, kept it weird. They were like Austin. Yeah, and and now it's caught up with them. So uh, now they're starting to make cool soundscapes and stuff like that. But we'll get to that later on. And keeping it totally weird. But I can't play everything. No. You know what I mean? In the '80s, they had a the song that we opened the show up with. That might be one of my favorite songs of theirs, and that's what, 1986? Computer Love? No, that was 81. You sure? Yeah, Computer, oh, that's right. computer yeah, World yeah. was 81. Uh, Technopop was 86, right? Let me go back to the list. The Electric Cafe stuff? Yeah, Electric on? Cafe was 86. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, and by the way, Electric Cafe, the title track is the theme from Sprockets. Yeah. <laughs> So when Mike Myers says, now's the time on Sprockets when we dance. Yeah. And then it's... Doom, doom, doom. Yeah, because think about it. He's That's a, craft work. He's a kid 
right when all this is hitting him, full on, because he's what, Scottish, right? I don't know, is he? I think he's a half Canadian, half Scottish. Oh yeah, I thought he was full Canadian, but maybe not. I think he's a half and half. Um, but yeah, so I uh, there. I feel like the next song that I'm gonna play doesn't give them justice for what they did in the '80s, but I like it, so I'm just gonna play it. And then if you want to hear other stuff, we'll play stuff in the after dark or go revisit. This is all just a intro to Craftwork. Yeah, what is, can I do? We can't, stay, we can't stay here forever. No, we we have roughly two hours. We try and keep it under two hours, but Lord knows we get too drunk and rambly to... And this is a tough one. Every time we do a book report, it I'm going to have to cut out a lot of stuff because I just I ramble and we That's keep okay. going. We it's keep okay. Going. It's okay. But now um, now you're up. We're still keeping drinking this DFW beer. <laughs> I know. Jesus. I'm sorry. Uh, and um, you got another tune. Do you have, before we get to the other tune, do you have any stories? Do you have any uh, COVID break stories? Do you have anything? Well, I I wanted to tell you mm-hmm. that um, much like you said that you were not able to listen to the full Ticket 80s prom live because you were otherwise engaged, I was not able to watch your show live because I was doing Ticket 80s prom. However, I did go back and pull up the uh, Deep Blue Something show uh-huh. at Lava Cantina on the Facebook and we not, did a Coven drive-in show. Yeah. And so not only did I, I didn't just pull it up on my phone. I pulled it up on my TV. I saw the pick. And then I turned on my sound system and cranked it. I have to say they did a pretty good job. It sounded a, awesome. A live stream of that. I mean, it's, it's still so clean. So, that, so that you want it to be a little bit more live reverby, but still it's good though. Yeah. So go back to the beginning and tell the listeners, tell the HTWOW fans how this even came about. Well, we got, it's funny because this came about so quickly because every single show like, I think that that exact same night, we were supposed to be in Lake Charles with, like, Smash Mouth. Oh, the, like a the, nine, the 90s something. tour that got canceled? Yeah, everything this summer, it all got canceled, right? I mean, every band's everything got canceled. Um, so we were kind of just sitting around, and we got a call of, hey, Lava Cantina and Raisin Cane's is doing a, a concert drive-in series at uh, Lava Cantina where you, when you drive up, there is a massive screen in the parking lot with a huge PA sound system. Yeah, so I was trying to understand. So they have at, at Lava Cantina, which is in North Texas up in the colony mm-hmm. off of 121, they have a huge outdoor stage and uh, outdoor kind of amphitheater area. With like a lake behind, or like just a pond. Yeah. And so there were people in that area, but then the show was also simulcast on this giant screen out in the parking lot, and people could choose to watch it in their cars. Well, there's like a little balcony area where you play, right? Mm Because the stage is real high. So you can, uh, there was a few people that they could let sprinkle up in the balcony area, because it's outside. Mm Mm-hmm. 
But on the floor, they had it gated off into these tables or these where you could sit. But those people, you had to buy your individual square and you couldn't be around other people. Do you know what I mean? You were in your little pen. You're in your, yeah, they were basically in a little pen that I think they could go back and forth to the bar or the restroom, but you couldn't leave your, you couldn't go out of your pen. <laughs> and there was only a few of them uh, that could be in the place. But outside where we couldn't see, you could drive in and tune it into your car radio system. Okay. Simulcast, like shortwave or something? I guess so. And we could, we never saw this. Like, I only saw the screen during sound check before we played. But I even, I don't know if you heard on the thing, I tried to get people to honk horn. Like, we couldn't yeah. see them. And they're so far away that we just, we're playing to people that, who knows. But the main thing was, is the stream went out. The live stream went out to everyone. And uh, it ended up being over like 30,000, 40,000 streams. Like and live at the time or total? I think t total maybe later. I think at the time it was like 20,000, which is still... That's, yeah. God, what, did it, what was the chair? It was a donation. I can't remember. Oh, presented by Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers and Lava Cantina, raising funds to help support direct relief. Is that the name of the charity? Yes. Direct Relief? Direct Relief. I had Direct Relief earlier when I bombed your powder room out there. Anyway, it was the whole thing was to benefit a charity called Direct Relief that you can go on and donate while you're watching the concert. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of signed... Things you know from the Dallas area or people that have played there before, and you it's like, like silent a, auction style. It was a cool thing, and we knew about it uh, a week before and got it together and actually put the show together for the next Friday. Well, like I said, it sounded great. It was a fun. And, it and was weird to play it, but it, it looked was fun. it looked good. As far as live streams go, it looked good. Mm -hmm. And the internet is forever, so it's out there. So. If you go to oldwaver.com and you scroll down the post for June 2020, right underneath Ticket 80's prom, I will post Deep Blue Something's um, direct relief fundraiser gig. Yeah, and it was uh, what's funny is is we came back for an encore and they hadn't had one of those yet. So uh, they didn't know what to do. So they stopped the stream at the end of our show and then started a brand new one. So on our page, uh, a lot of people are going on there and looking at just the last two songs of the encore. Oh, okay. And That's the, what it is. And the full concert. I didn't watch the last two songs then. Yeah. The full concert is the one below that. Okay. A super hyped host guy in his, in his vest. Man, that guy is he was, really good at that. He had a lot of that. energy. He had a lot of words. Yeah. He was very good at it. Yeah. He, uh, he brought the noise for sure. Man. He, uh, when it was halftime of our show, which we hate to do, but it needed to be done for the auction thing, uh, we walk off stage and he talked the entire time and interviewed Todd. We were supposed to be all of us, but we stuck 
Right. Well, and, and, Todd, and Todd gave an awesome shout out yeah. to Ticket 80s Prom, told everybody to listen to it on their way home. Yeah, so I, that was awesome. Because, you know, Deep Blue and the Ticket go way back. Yeah. Dave. You used to be the house band for the, the Musers. Gentle Musers studio audience shows. I know. It sucks. The only thing that sucks is that there were a lot of our friends. Actually, it is a, it's a cool thing that there were a lot of our friends that were listening to your show at, on their balcony or their porch. And when it, it would hit a commercial, then they would tune into us and watch the show. And <laughs> Multitasking. Then the, and then the second the commercial was over, would go back to you for the hits. Well, so but awesome. if you go to oldwaver.com and you click on June 2020, you can listen and enjoy both in their entirety. Yeah, pretend like you're doing it right on the spot. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter that it's a month, a year, ten years down the road. Ten years down the road. You can still enjoy things on the internet because the internet's forever. Giga lasts forever. We'll be embarrassed forever. No, but it did sound awesome. And uh, Thanks, man. It was I fun. Had it, I had it cranked on the system. And, uh, you know, I know you're a, a stickler. Mm-hmm. for how stuff sounds and i just gotta tell you i don't know if you've actually gone back and listened oh to... no i did i was very uh for streams are the most nervous thing for anyone because they always sound terrible right I was... you're you're worried that they're going to be compressed that you know there's going to be no separation it's nothing but vocals and a little bit of snare drum but this one oh, they, they did a really, really good, good job a little too uh you know when you do things like that they like to keep it bright on stage so people can see you yeah that's not really our style but um i get it i see i i see they need it for tv you know we like it darker up there dave you're getting older you don't want your crow's feet we don't want people to see our biases because we're robots. <laughs> <laughs> you should start wearing the pancake makeup. Man, I would love to be able to do that. That'd be great. I see what they were doing there. But speaking of even all that, the the Craftworks um, around this time also started really getting into uh, fitness and biking because of their time in France and um, became vegetarians for a band in the 70s this is a new thing very progressive uh-huh very and what? so they're starting to very do progressive <laughs> and so thank uh, you df dub so that will eventually uh lead to my next stuff but let's get to your next stuff yeah so my next stuff definitely owes a debt to craft work but there's a more immediate debt to omd oh sh- really yes so uh the group that I am about to play, they're brand new. They are entitled Nation of Language. <laughs> so last month I had Houses of Heaven. Okay. Which was a fantastic synth pop throwback band out of Oakland. Nation of Language is a fantastic synth pop throwback band out of Brooklyn. Brooklyn! So the main dude is a guy named Ian Devaney. And he grew up in New Jersey. And he had a band in high school called Static Jacks. Were they like a Bon Jovi cover band? No, they were like kind of like emo punk. You know, back in... Nothing like Bon Jovi. uh, Like the late late 10s, the 10-teens. 
Static Jacks, I guess this was around 2010. They, they signed a record deal. They released an album. They went on a tour. And then they were going to release their sophomore album in 2013. And everything just fell apart. He killed his brother. And so at that point, uh, Ian Devaney decided that he wanted to do his own thing. That he was he was done being in a band. Hey! And he wanted to do his own thing. I'm Ian Devaney. And so his dad... <laughs> hey! Hey! I'm Ian Devaney. I'm hey, from Jersey. Hey, Papa, help me out with this band. I'm going crazy. Hey, Dad, play hey. that OMD record. Hey, what's that weird record you used to play with the guy that can't dance? Yeah, so his dad, <laughs> he remembered driving around with his dad <laughs> and his dad listening to the OMD song Electricity. <laughs> In New Jersey? Uh-huh, yeah. I mean, his dad probably wasn't a mob guy. I'm guessing his dad was not a Jovi fan. Right. And so he decided that he wanted to just, uh, for fun, try and make a song that sounded like OMD's Electricity. Okay. And then so uh, eventually it turned into this project called Nation of Language and he put out an EP on Bandcamp and things kind of progressed and then suddenly he had a bunch of interest and he was like the next big thing in Brooklyn and he formed a band and all of these New York journalists and blogs and influencers Are blogs still things? I don't know but uh, they, they started taking notice of him. And so last month, I guess this came out in May. I don't know if it came out in May or it came out beginning of June. But uh, Nation of Language just put out their first record. They put out a bunch of singles and most of the singles ended up on the record. Um, but the record is called... Hold on a second. Devaney goes crazy. It's called Introduction Presence. Oh, that's not at all what I was thinking. And I wanted to play a song for you that is entitled Rush and Fever. Rush and Fever. Now, he lists a, a lot of references, basically a, a who's who. Obviously, we mentioned OMD, but... Human League, Simple Minds, Flock of Seagulls, Tears for Fears, New Order. You can definitely hear Kraftwerk. You can definitely hear uh, Gary Newman. There's a lot of stuff that we can grab onto that we can like. And I think you will like this. It's, it's derivative, but it's fresh. So let's listen to Nation of Language, Rush and Fever on HTWOW.
drink another banana beer get you another beer it really reminds me of that mirrors band mm-hmm. um there are parts of it that remind me of drab majesty to bring it back to another htwow favorite man i love what the kids are doing i now. know it right? is happening right in front of our eyes they're doing this if you look for it it's there what are they doing they are absorbing everything that our generation put out and they are synthesizing it and making more awesome stuff man we're about to be the biggest podcast of all time <laughs> we're on the cutting edge bro we're the craft Woo! we're the craft work of podcasts Woo! <laughs> man this banana beer is kicking my ass it is so terrible mm. df dub in the house <laughs> Hey, Willow. Oh, man. Where's Willow? She just, she heard me screaming and she came in to oh, see what was wrong. Like everything cool? Guys? Everything cool. Do I need to kill something? Are you guys all right? <laughs> um, yeah, so that is Nations of Language. How do you feel about that? Man, it's good. I gotta say. Nation of Language. I guess it's singular. Devaney, you're driving me crazy <laughs> with your new sounds. Devaney, what's up with that gay what's music up? you're playing? It's so crazy. Your sister Leather Tuscadero's tripping now. Uh, remember, remember Leather Tuscadero? I do. Um, remember her? Was it her sister? Was Pinky? Yeah, I, I remember Pinky Tuscadero more than Leather Tuscadero. Really? Yeah. Which one was Aldo Nova? No idea. I'm just kidding. Was Aldo Nova... Was that balls to the wall? No, Aldo Nova looked like the dude. No, like that was except, not <laughs> Aldo Nova. Aldo Nova looked like the other girl on Happy Days. Aldo Nova kind of looked like Leather Tuscadero. Okay, I'm gonna take your word for it. Hold on, let me turn down the bed music and I'll <laughs> sing you Aldo Nova. Life is just a fantasy. Can you live this fantasy life? Do you remember that song? I think you need to sing it some more. Life is just a fantasy. Can you live this fantasy life? You don't remember Aldo Nova? I think you just need to keep going. No, hold on. I'm playing it. 
<laughs> you need to play it on the after dark. Is what you need to do. Yeah, I'm just playing a snippet. There's no we. There's no way I can leave that out there hanging, right? <laughs> Hold on, everyone, chill out. Aldo Nova is about to hit. Everybody, take a sip of your banana beer while Toby comes searches up. Spotify. It comes up right away. Guess what his first song is? Um, fantasy. fantasy. I just, I just sang it. Uh huh. See what I said. That was funny. Ooh, I don't I don't remember this. I remember the helicopter. I remember in the video there was a helicopter that he came out of. This is the worst helicopter sound effect ever. This is a bonus track on the pod. Get to it. It's called an intro, bro. It's the intro after the intro. Remember this song? Oh yeah. I sang it perfectly. I need to put this on the next 80s prom playlist. I want to stop it, but I can't. I know. I'll just wait. Sometimes they're too good for this world. Crap. Wah, 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 wah. 
Why didn't I write that? I don't know. He just got off that helicopter <laughs> and got into it. But I remember he looked like Leather Tuscadero. Okay. All right. Um, Leather Tuscadero was a pop singer. Before we get to your last jam, your final entry in the Kraftwerk book report, mm-hmm. I want to touch on a few housekeeping items, if I may. Sure. Uh, first, I want to give you some viewer mail. Okay. Is it nice? Yes, it's nice. Um, we have one new review on the iTunes. By the way, I have noticed in the the fallout from Ticket 80's prom, uh-huh. just looking at the trends and listening habits of people who learned of HTWOW via Ticket 80's prom, and welcome if you're listening, that I think more people listen to podcasts on Spotify now than on Apple. What do you think about that? I don't know. I'm going to distance from that because I don't want to cause any ripples in the <clears throat> in the the ocean of pod listening. Yeah, I don't formats. know. I don't know for real. But anyway, we are available obviously on both Spotify. I just said ocean of pod listening formats. I, I understood what you said. That's pretty cool what uh-huh. I just made up. <laughs> the ocean of pod listening, listening formats. formats. Uh, so, the thing about <laughs> Spotify yes. is that, as far as I know, there's not a way to review. There's not, a, there's not like a podcast chart. Yes, yeah, Spotify does not like you to interact. Yes. However... Apple Podcasts, they have a very robust rating system, and we have 61 five-star ratings, and our most recent rating is from a buddy named R.M. George. His uh, lead is Good Music, Good Hosts, Good Podcast, and then his review is Great Podcast to just flip on and go about your day. That's kind of our whole thing. Uh Yeah, we're background noise. Yeah, man. I mean... Wash your dog, do the dishes, mow the lawn, mow the lawn, walk around your neighborhood, do whatever you need to do. Paint just, some just, rocks. Just put us on in the background. Jam some Nova. And uh, if you like this pod, by all means, go on the uh, iTunes store and look us up and write us a review. Also, uh, wanted to give a shout out to, uh, I guess, a future patron. Okay. Justin says, well, he entitles this email, Your Worst Fan. (laughs) And if you would like to email us, our email address is htwowpod at gmail.com. He says, Dear Dave and Toby, I'm your worst fan. I will listen to the podcast and then forget about it. Not really forget, but see shiny objects in the corner of the room. Well, now I'm back on it. Recently, my job has moved about 30 extra miles away where it was, and I thought this is a good time to reconnect as I travel unknown roads to get to my job stuff. To put a timestamp on it, I too believe suede is underrated. Yes. With my extended commute time, I'll be pledging to the After Dark soon as I really enjoy the tunes. They good. In the event you read this on air with my track record, I won't hear it until December. Regardless, much love. All good. That's so, good. So thank you, Justin. And speaking of the After Dark, which hopefully Justin will one day become a member the After Dark is the drunken after party of this podcast. It is Toby and myself 
sometimes a cast of characters, but usually not. And we play at least 12 songs, sometimes more, of stuff that we want to hear after we've played the stuff on this podcast. And crazy crap happens like this. Silence only has 11,000 right before it. Still pretty good. Pretty good. They do have a song called Winter Beats. 11,000 plays? Yeah. That's not good. uh, How is that good? It's pretty good for... They're they're on belly. They're getting going. I, I, I could... I could... I could... I could... I could do 11,000 plays in one Why do you scratch everything you say like a DJ? It's weird. I I, 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 I can, I can. Um, They do have a song called Winter Beats that is 2 million. Have you heard that, Dave? I, 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 I. Do you know Winter Beats? I can, I can, I can. Dave, do you know Winter Beats? He's muted. I can't hear him. He knows, but there he goes. Now he's did gone. Did his phone die? His phone, did his phone die? He just picked the song and he bailed. <laughs> yep. I know. I think his phone died. <laughs> so opportune. I love that summer. he looked right at Marissa right before it happened. Like for some reason, it was her fault. Oh, here she. Here he goes. I know. Dave, do you know a song called Winter Beats? No. They have two million on that. I'm sure. I'm sure that's a good jam, but that's not the one I want to play. I didn't say we're gonna play it, Dave. I want to play the new jam. Jesus guys, Christ! Guys, I knew we get I'll be the death of I just, you. I just want you guys to get along. Come on, guys. No. Come on. No one really wants us to get along. I mean, dude, you can't put a price on that, but it's at least five dollars a month. Yeah, and um. We love our friends being involved, and they will be involved sprinkled they? throughout the year. Will they? Um, but let's uh, let's let's get back to our norm on this yeah, one. Yeah, let's let's get back to the stars of the show. <laughs> let's play some tunes that we have complete control. Yeah, of. let's not play random Moldavian jams from people that no one has heard of. I don't know. I disagree with that. That was one of my favorites. <laughs> It was crazy. That was really good. It was crazy. Uh, so if you would like to become a patron, go to oldwaver.com and click on premium or go to patreon.com and type in HTWOW and find us and become a patron. You get uh, merch and the After Dark podcast every month. And as I said, as little as $5. And it, it helps us buy stuff to make this pod better. Yeah. You know. It's really S- working support out. your bros during COVID times. Listen to how great Dave's voice sounds. That's all because of you guys. Yeah, this RE20 purchased by patron dollars. Amazing. All right, let's close out the book report on Craftwork so we can go have some dinner. Okay. So we're at the Blitz Club. Things are going well for Craftwork. Things are going well for synth music in general, right? Mm-hmm. Bike enthusiasts... So what do you do around 1983, I guess? You need to write a tribute to the Tour de France. I mean, I guess. I'm with, in the same way of how um, Computer Love, it just sounds so pleasant. Do you know what I mean? It's just so nice. That's how I think of this song. 
And it's another sort of long one. Yeah, so so the Tour de France record was bookended by Computer World and Electric Cafe. I have Computer World in 81, uh, the Tour de France single mm-hmm. in 83, but and also then Electric up- Cafe in 86. So the single came out in 1983 between Computer World and Electric Cafe, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. In 1983. So later on, in I think 2003... They put out a whole record. They put out a whole record for the 100th anniversary of uh, the Tour de France. Yes. But those were all of uh, different mixes of Tour de France and of other songs that they put out. And if have you ever listened to that? Mm-mm. Not the whole thing. Dude, it's really good. The remixes for the Tour de France is good. And what's funny is, is I don't think they finished it in time for the actual race. <laughs> but it doesn't matter anyway. And we'll get to another weird uh, thing about Florian Snyder and the year he left the band and um, the rumor of why he left the band after I played Tour de France, but I'm playing the 1983 original version. As you should. The single between Computer World and Electric Cafe and between 1986 and 2003, they didn't do anything. No, they disappeared. They were gone. I think some members left, and I think Wolfgang might have left right after Electric Cafe, and then later Carl, and um, we'll get into all that. But um, let's play Tour de France, because it's so pleasant, and it's a little long, but um, hey, we, we already discussed that sometimes with craft work, we just got to sink in. Huh? It's, a, it's about the journey. So just imagine Lance... On a mountain stage. Yeah, this or is a usually, time trial, pumping his heart to the max. It's usually our guilty pleasure of the night, is one of the last songs, and this is a guilty pleasure. Tour de France by the bike enthusiasts.
temps et regrouper Tour de France, Tour de France Camarades et amitiés It's like Autobahn, but with bicycles. <laughs> or Trans Europe Express. It's, they're basically yeah. just taking the sounds, but it... Cars, trains, and bicycles. Yeah, and the influence of... Um, well, not too far after that, but later on Depeche Mode stuff with... Uh, they used to use the breath noises a lot, mm -hmm. you know, uh, in different recordings and like the snare sounds on World of My Eyes and stuff like that. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. I love the, uh, you know, use the human voice thing as a percussion instrument. But around that time, I forget which song, and I should look it up. So around 1984, you remember the movie Breakin'? Yeah. I remember Breakin' 2 Electric Boogaloo more. Because <laughs> of the title? Uh-huh. Can I tell you a story about Breakin' 2 Electric Boogaloo while you're looking? <laughs> Yeah, hold on, let me find it. Hold on, let me find it so I have it. I'm ready to break it. So, yeah, uh, later on, Tour de France was sampled for the uh, movie Breakin'. And the weirdest thing, still to this day to me, is, and I get it because of the beats and that DJs could use Craftwork uh, records because the songs lasted so long. Yeah, they just loop it. That they could just really, uh, and DJs in general, they could take these records and make these uh, cool DJ sets out of them. So yeah, in Breakin, in 1984, Tour de France was used uh, so they could break to it. I mean, how weird is that? I mean, what, where would they even come across that? Except, I guess, the whole um, African Bombada thing was like everyone knew to get onto craft work at that point, or I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it must have been a thing that if you if you want some beats to rap over, this is a good band to grab their record. Yeah, so if you're going to, because, uh, you know, that reached all the way, craft work reached all the way to Kanye, you know what I mean? He mm -hmm. sampled, so, like, they never in their wildest imagination would think that... Uh, a new version of music in the United States called rap or hip hop would start sampling their stuff even after disco. So you have a story about <laughs> breaking to electric boogaloo. Yeah. So which uh, was the bigger one? How many ones that the second one, um, the second movie was bigger than the first? I don't know, but breaking to electric boogaloo had to have shattered breaking's box office. <laughs> Not saying it's a better movie. <laughs> do we need to revisit both of those <laughs> We probably do. Um, but no, I, I had a friend in elementary school named Alan. <laughs> okay. And it's generic. Alan went to go see Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo. Uh huh. And I guess there's a love scene at some point in the movie. I don't know. I, I don't remember. And so. At this particular 
juncture in the film, very uh, passionate, tender moment between the two protagonists in the film. I don't know. Breaking Two had a passionate moment. Yeah, there's a passionate moment where, you know, there there's about to be some carnal, some loving, some carnal discovery, some loving. Uh huh. And my friend Alan, in a crowded theater, yelled, "They're about to have sex!" <laughs> and he took his movie theater pickle and threw it at the screen. Wow! And it hit the screen. And made the entire screen undulate. It wobbled? Yeah, with his pickle with his reverb. Pickle <laughs> so Alan decided in his in his moment of excitement. <laughs> yeah, that he was about to see two people of color have sex on screen and that made him throw his pickle at the screen. He threw the pickle at the screen. <laughs> I mean, what are you gonna do? <laughs> Holy crap! He got a pickle at a movie theater. Uh huh. He's not like at a he's not like at a baseball game. No, he, he got, got a he, pickle at the movie theater and decided I don't even want it. He got the one pound dill and he threw by it by the cash register. He threw it at the screen. Yep. Man, Alan's awesome. That's my only memory about breaking two electric boogaloo. <laughs> he, threw, he threw his weird ass movie pickle. <laughs> at the, the breaking two love scene. Man, I want to. I want to see it now. I know. Is it on Prime? Can we you can we watch it tonight? It is. You know it is. If it's not free, no one's ever seen it. Oh, man. God. Well, you know, I feel like that I have a whole new appreciation for craft work. Well, I will tell you this. Let me give you the rumor of why he left the band. Florian did? Yeah. Prior to his untimely death uh, at a ripe old age of 75. Which is, it, it's also really weird that all of the remasters go on in the exact same year he left. Because I want to say, I think he left in 2009. Everything that's basically on Spotify or anything that you see now is all, something happened in 2009. But the rumor is, is that there, and it's even on their Wikipedia and tons of articles, that he left the band because of an argument over a bike pump. Yeah, according to Wiki, Schneider left the band after a dispute over a bicycle pump and did not perform on any of the dates of the Kraftwerk 2008 World Tour, with his last performance being uh, in November 2006 in Spain. Yeah, but those have been heavily disputed <laughs> after that, that of course there was no argument over a bike pump and that someone just put that somewhere because they thought that it was funny over their obsession over bicycles. I'm thinking of knowing band stuff that I'm... This is my bet, and this hasn't been written anywhere. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. That, that Rolf wanted to remaster all of the stuff that we hear now, and Florian was like, 
you don't need to remaster it. It's already done. It's perfect. It's perfect the way it we is. We already did that. And there was an argument of remastering the entire catalog and one of them maybe wanted to do it and the other one didn't. So Florian That is my Florian theory. died bitter and alone is what you're telling me. No, supposedly uh Everything was fine. All the uh, stuff written by Rolf uh, between then and afterwards, everything about Florian has all been incredibly kind. I'm thinking uh, around 2009, Florian might have just gone, hey, you know what? I'm like 60. Yeah, I'm pretty cool with uh I'm okay to just tend my sheep or yeah, whatever the yeah, hell he's doing. Can I just go to Germany and take it easy? I am sick of this. I really could throw a mannequin up there at this point. And uh, like we were saying outside earlier, I uh, I really do regret never seeing those MoMA shows and their, their huge resurgence that they've had lately of their concerts that everyone loves so much because um, it's so computer-generated digital screens, everything is tied in together and supposedly looks, their 3D thing looks amazing. Yeah, I've had a couple of opportunities to see their 3D tour in recent years and I haven't gone and that's a big regret of mine. I hope I have an opportunity to see them. Even though Florian is, uh, I guess, 2009 was, or 2006 was the last time he was actually performing. Well, yeah, and Wolf- they're like Blue Man Group at this point. Yeah, Wolfgang's gone. Uh, they're all gone. I think Roth might be the only one left if he's even still performing. So they're like Menudo, like the German Menudo. Yeah, uh, but at but at this point, you don't really don't go to see the band, right? They they. It's like going to see the Pink Floyd Laser Show. Yeah, they put they uh they put it into their system a long time ago that they're not real. And so you're going to see the spectacle of the show. And if they do, um, your Red Rocks thing that you were going to go to with uh, Nolan and Aaron, maybe? Mm-hmm, this that, summer. That you were considering that got canceled. Um, of all the weird things to see at Red Rocks, that might be... I'm not going to go see Fish there. No. But I will go see... Uh, well, I'm, but I, I might it's take probably a road best, trip to it's, see. It's probably best that it didn't happen because I probably would have taken too many edibles and then I probably would have jumped off a cliff. Yeah, just decided that's it. Last concert I need to see. <laughs> right. And then just can't open her right into a gully. <laughs> I just said gully. Right into a gully. Right into a gully. Well, um, thanks, guys. We, uh, We've tried your patience the last few months with uh, social distancing and now craft work. But if you've made it all the way to the end of the last three pods in a row, congratulations. You are an HTWOW super fan. And we love and cherish you. Do you want me to crank back another Kraftwerk song? Yeah, so you I think can you kind need of to, finish this. I out? think you need to bring back Computer Love. Okay. I mean, it's only going to be... I give, should I give you a quick hint? Yeah, I would love a hint from Hello. You want it over the Computer Love? Yeah. I mean, I mean what, it makes what, are we, what are we doing here? Yeah, let's do it. What are let's, we doing here? Hey, can we give them what they want? Have you ever heard of that? You ever heard of that noise?
Dear readers, are you getting ready to head out on a road trip with the family? What should you pack in the trunk? Organization is critical. You want to find out what you need quickly. First, items needed for an emergency should be easily accessible. A fire extinguisher, a reflector, a tire and iron, and a bottle of water. Next, a cardboard or plastic box can hold other necessities. A well-stocked first aid kit, gloves, paper towels, a cell phone charger, sunscreen, a folding knife, and a box of tissues. Jesus. Take some time to plan for your trip and stock the trunk accordingly. Keep that in mind in these COVID times as you take your family vacation to a social distant locale near you. Stock your trunk with flares and first aid kits mm -hmm. and animal crackers and water bottles. I'm not gonna lie, I love, I love an animal cracker. You like an animal cracker? By the way, Greta via email says, Dear Heloise, I used to follow the trend of matching my lipstick to my outfit. The new rules are more forgiving. I now wear a shade that flatters my skin tone and don't worry so much about everything <laughs> matching. Man, I'm loving this. <laughs> Let's just end on that one. Uh, thank you so much for sacrificing two hours of your time to listen to us chat about music and... Uh, Play some tunes that you needed to hear. Maybe you didn't know you needed to hear them, but you needed to hear them. We hope that we have made COVID times a little more enjoyable. And uh, please tell a friend about HTWOW. This pod cannot grow unless you grassroots people help it grow. You are the miracle grow. The Johnny Appleseed. <laughs> you are the Heloise spreading hits all across the land about HTML. Thank you. God bless you, Florian. Rest in peace. Our lives would be completely different without you. That's right. Until we meet at the discotheque in the sky. This has been HTML. Check it. Boom, boom, check. Boom, boom, check.